1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.
0: Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team.
2: Rich shot, save! Mike Smith, a game
0: saver! And he got run over by Zach Cassian. He's like one of those top teams, and we're working our way to that level. Carter!
2: David danced around, Morgan Riles. Denied by Smith, who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game. My message today is we're trying to win. One-timer score. Leon a right circle. No risk,
0: no gain. And now we're going to have a goal reform. action, this is NHL overtime. This is Ryan Eugen Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Leon Dreissel. This is Conor from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this. Is Oilers now with Bob Stauffer? Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge
1: savings. Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X.
1: Za now Bob Stauffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. Six thirty shed. Set a
0: joker to the thief There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. joining you here on uh, Oilers now. Brendan Escott back of the 630 Chet Studios. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Educate our listeners as to why you opened up with that song.
2: This was the final day of the three day festival Woodstock uh, back in 69. Jimi Hendrix along with The Who and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young were uh, three of the acts that took it home on the final night uh jimmy Hendrix part of
0: the 27
2: club uh the
0: curse of several uh top-end musicians who passed away at the age of 27 between 1969 and 1971 including janice joplin jim morrison and brian jones this is orders now bob Stoffer and brendan escott with you hope you're having a uh terrific day um we got a lot to get to. We got a very busy show uh, coming up for you today on uh, today's edition of orders. Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Special shout out at this time to uh, engineer Mike Evans, uh, his uh, staff that includes the likes of Sean and Grant and Angie uh, for helping. Uh, we had a little bit of a malfunction at the junction here with our ISDN line on my end, so we we're able to coordinate that to get on the air. Of course, they did such a great job for Jack Michaels and myself setting up the 630 Chad home broadcast studio in the uh, home office. Uh, big day on the CFL front and that is our top story. As we go to today's top story for Gray Rock Exteriors, Mother Nature wreaks havoc on your home book. You're free, no obligation inspection today. Visit grayrockexteriors.ca. Uh, And the news involves the Canadian Football League and Brendan Escott. It is not good news for those of us that grew up uh, watching the CFL, loving the CFL. Give it to us, man. What's shaking?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much expected at this point, but they had applied for about $30 million in government funding. They were denied that, and as such, the league announced this morning that they will not conduct a 2020 season.
0: All right, well, that's a tough break. To talk about that coming down the pipe at 12.20 today will be uh, EE Football Club... uh Analyst Dave Campbell, part of the uh, 630 Ched uh, sports crew, so he'll give us uh, his perspective on things. 1235 today, NHL insider John Shannon, our regular Monday contributor to the show. Uh, We will tell you that uh, there have been, uh, for the third consecutive week, no positive test for COVID-19 among the 5,600-plus tests that were administered uh, to the various players and the entourages of the respective clubs that are in the bubble as we speak. Uh, John Shannon today at 1235. Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network coming up at 105 today to talk a bit about goaltending. Uh, maybe we'll get into a little bit of a conversation about a guy named Mitch Corn. We'll get Kevin's uh, thoughts on the Oilers uh, bowing out to the Chicago Blackhawks, who staved off elimination yesterday against Vegas, are com- completely, uh, outplayed by Vegas. Corey Crawford stole game four against the Oilers. He stole, he stole game four against the Vegas Golden Knights last night out dueling Robin Leonard, who gave up a really bad second goal against in that game. And the vice president of Silent Ice Sports and Entertainment, uh, JJ Hebert will join us today. I worked with JJ, um, for, I guess 11 seasons uh, with the orders. J.J. spent 16 years. Oh, I basically worked with him for 16 years because I was already uh, at the other station at the time, but uh, not on a day-to-day basis during the course of the year like he did over the uh, you know 11 years. So uh, J.J. has a new gig. We're going to get some thoughts from him on the opportunities uh, with silent ice sports and entertainment. Here's how you get all of us. You can reach us on our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. River Cree, back up and at them. Over 1,350 slot machines multiple dining options, including the brand new Italian, the River Crete Resort Casino Excitement, bet on it. Uh, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floor's text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floor is ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. Brendan Escott is a big part of the show. He is at Brendan with two E's and Escott with two T's. The show Twitter account is at Oilers now, and my personal Twitter account is Bob underscore Stofford. All right, uh, let's get to some quick head- Brendan, I don't know about you, but for me, the two series that I have the most interest in, and maybe it has a bit to do with proximity, and maybe it has to do a bit with the way the series are being played. Um, but Calgary and Dallas has some animosity between those two teams. Uh, it's heavier hockey. Teams are running each other. Uh, there's, uh, you know, Camp Talbot's played pretty well in a couple of those games and almost stole another one yesterday. And then St. Louis and Vancouver. Uh, you know, St. Louis a little bit on the ropes and pulled themselves off. I thought, frankly, and I'm not Mr. Canucks supporter, as the listeners know. Uh, there's always been a degree of arrogance at times from uh, from some individuals in that market that just make me shake my head because they've never won squat. But I kind of thought Vancouver got the short end of the uh, officiating stick in last night's hockey game. There were a couple calls late. I was it's just like, really? But uh, give me
2: your thoughts. What are you watching over the course of the weekend? I watched all five games yesterday, by the way. Yeah, I've, what I've been doing is bringing them up on my computer. And then if I'm, you know, still got something else going on the TV, I can get two going. But uh, it's a shame because this isn't good radio. But for all the same reasons, Bob, those are the two series that have my attention, too. And, you know, you watch uh, a guy like even Matthew Kachuk getting clattered around a little bit in that Dallas series with the Canucks. And, and Blue's going toe-to-toe and the Canucks. Young, exciting town. Talent, uh come into the forefront, Bo Horvat to me is taking a real step. So it's been interesting watching uh those wars for sure. And certainly I'm part and parcel to the West rather than the East. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I'm
0: definitely partial to the West. Uh I will tell you, Brendan, over the course of the week I had several conversations um with some people sort of asking around about, you know, the the post mortem autopsy of the season that was for the Emmanuel's. Um and a lot of guys dealt Sort of specifically with, you know, really, we got guys sort of focused on McDavid and Drysaddle. So I found this interesting, and one uh, guy tweeted this out on the weekend. True or false, Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle were both plus players five on five. True or false? What do you think uh,
2: for this past season? Do you think they were both plus players five on five? When you score in that volume, uh, you'd hope that you would be. Uh, I don't they, know that they, the fans necessarily agree that. Uh,
0: five-on-five, drysettle finished the year. In true five-on-five five situations, plus seven. And McDavid was plus four. What skewered their overall plus-minus is the antiquated system that the NHL deploys. Because, of course, you get a minus for every uh, goal against that gets scored while you're on the power play. The problem with that is the Edmonton Oilers had the best power play in over 40 years this year, but they gave up 10 shorthanded goals against. They were still plus 49 goals-wise on the power play. Uh, almost 30%, the highest power play since both the Canadians and the Islanders were at over 31% back in 77-78, which when you have two teams do it back in 77-78, might have something to say with uh, the way the game was at that time and the lower echelon teams and the separation of talent between said clubs. So Dreisaitl went minus 10 on the power play, and McDavid went minus 8. And then empty net uh, goals, uh, both for and against. And result, uh, Dreisaitl ended up minus 4 and that's and then McDavid conversely ended up minus 2. And so, despite the fact that Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl were plus players 5 on 5, they end up with minus 6 for McDavid, minus 7 for Draisaitl. They got to change the way they do the stats. I talked to three separate coaches over the weekend. I said, "All right, you got the best power play in the league. It's almost 5% higher than any else anybody else's power play." Would you be upset if you gave up 10 shorthanded goals but had the number one power play at almost 30%? All three guys said, not a chance. You'd live with that. And one of them explained, said to me, Bob, part of the reason why that happens is because the Oilers keep Settle and McDavid on the ice for a minute 35 to a minute 45 on the power play because they're so good. They're a major part of the reason why. So it's just... Sometimes you got to dig a bit. Like I hear this comment, well, they're not very good 5-on-5. Five five. What, what are you talking about? They're way better than the rest of the team 5-on-5. Five five. To illustrate that point, the Oilers had a forward who was minus 20 5-on-5 five five during the course of the season. That was Riley Sheen, who centered the team's third line, which probably means Riley was playing too high up in the lineup. Just food for thought. Also, just put out a tweet about Caleb Jones in... You know, the Oilers are going to need to see some growth and development with some players. And Caleb Jones is interesting during the course of the uh, two games that he played replacing Adam Larson in the playoffs. The Edmonton Oilers, in the qualifier against Chicago when Caleb Jones was on the ice, outshot the, uh, the Blackhawks 21-3. to Now, part of that might have been the way that he was insulated in a lineup. Part of that is he's playing with Matthew Benning, who's been a very serviceable third-pairing defenseman. Uh, The Oilers outscored and outshot the opposition five-on-five with Jones on the ice during the course of the regular season. So the Oilers are far from a finished product, which is part of the reason why they can't sustain things five-on-five. But there's some areas that need to be upgraded. They're apparent. And I'm going to be intrigued to see where Caleb Jones goes moving forward. Eight hundred and fifty K, two-year contract extension. He's put some time in the minors, uh, grown up a lot over the course of the last couple of years. There's a player there. He can skate, and he does the one thing that I love that the de- uh, the one thing I love that defensemen do. Okay? Good defensemen understand less is more. All right, switching focus. We're gonna bring a board. Dave Campbell, the radio analyst for the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, got some bad news regarding the situation uh, that the uh, CFL is in. Bad news, but not
1: surprising. Is that correct, Dave? Yeah, I would we say, say we so, you? Bob. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yep. Have you got me, Bob? Yep, we got you. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I would say uh, this was the most likely Circumstance or the most likely decision that was uh, going to come down since uh, the league had to basically blow out the whole summer. Um, but then you know you the, the last week I would say I would say even you know a little bit smaller a window than that I would say maybe the last uh, 72 hours maybe last 3-4 days there there was renewed optimism between uh, the CFL and the CFL Players Association that they were very close to a deal that the hurdles uh, major hurdles were cleared that they had uh, agreements on health and safety that Health Canada signed off on those or, or were very encouraged by them uh, about the bubble in Winnipeg and and it just looked like uh, you know all the all the the money, uh, all the money stuff that they were negotiating over was uh, agreed upon, and they just needed some financial assistance from the federal government, and they got denied. Uh, it was a thirty million dollar ask, uh, the final ask after a forty two and a half million dollar ask, which was a, a, a low interest loan. Um, and this is this goes all the way back to to May when they asked for a loan up to 150 million dollars. And I would suspect that set a very bad tone, uh, to begin this process, Bob. And uh, but you know, th- that glimmer of hope happened and then it got shut. And I think that's what's hard to deal with right now,
0: all right? So, Randy Ambrosi, that's who represented the, uh, the Canadian Football League, he's commissioner of the league, he goes to. Uh, I, I'm assuming that was on a Zoom call or whatever. It goes to the government, and asks for 151 mil, or 150 million bucks, and were was there not some expo, uh, some requirement as to where that money was actually going to go? And that kind of is yeah. that what you're su- suggesting left a bad uh, impression in a lot of people's mind?
1: Well, there there needed to be <clears throat> excuse me, Bob. There needed to be some accountability towards that money. There needed to be some transparency about the, the business model of the Canadian Football League. And you know and I know, and a lot of people out there listening right now know that that sometimes or that quite often is a, a sticking point for the, for the CFL. There are only six of nine teams that are privately owned. We know the Eskimos or bad habit, the EE football team, uh, the uh, Riders and the Bombers are the only teams that are, community owned the rest are privately owned and they don't like to open their books so the government said from the beginning we want to help you but we need to know your business model we need to know your financial situation um, we need to get the players involved as well and the and the league dropped the ball on that from the beginning because they didn't they didn't bring the players uh, into the process early and then the players are the ones that I think really got it back on the rails as far as the government is concerned. But, you know, it's interesting because I I asked someone within the CFLPA last night, I said, does the denial of the loan mean, you know, obviously the season is pretty much a a, a goner? And he said that ended $150 million ago. So that gives me the impression, Bob, that they were never going to get a straight Drop of the, you know, a big sack of money falling on their lap from the government. They wanted to the help through several other uh, pandemic supports and other programs, and it just seemed like the league ultimately seemed disinterested in those right now. And uh, they just said, we just need some cash. And can you give us some cash? And the government said no. And then they said, okay, well, we're not going to make a go of it. So it'll be interesting because I know Randy Ambrose is speaking now on a conference call uh, about the uh, canceled season. And he's he's promising a resurgence in 2021 and all nine teams take the field in 2021 Bob, I don't even know what 2021 is going to look like. I don't think you know. I don't think Randy and no. Rosie know. So no. I get very concerned when I hear overpromising like this. This drives me crazy, and there's a lot of anger and sadness today, and I'm feeling a lot of it, um, and I'm feeling it for a lot of people. And we're we're setting a bad tone again. That, that that's just my that's just my thought. I think there's the message should be we're going to attempt to absolutely find a way to play in 2021. We're going to do our best, but I tell you the league has got to do some soul searching here. They got to look in the mirror big time. They got to change their business model. They got to change their philosophy because if they don't, there's some stubbornness within this league that could kill it, and that's what concerns me right now. Well stated, Dave. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
0: That's Dave Campbell, Eskimos Radio Analyst. double E radio analyst. Uh this is Oilers Now. When we come back, it's 1224 now Edmonton at 1226. We'll get to NHL today for elite promotional marketing.
1: Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Soffer on 630
0: Chet. Here, Darnell, it's 1227 in Edmonton. Quickly in the NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromotionalMarketing.com
2: back at the 630 Ched Studios. Brennan Escott. All right, well, Calgary, Vancouver, and Montreal all lost yesterday, so that leaves Vancouver up 2-1 on St. Louis in the series. Game four goes tonight at Rogers Place, 8:30 puck drop. The Flames are tied two games apiece with Dallas, while Montreal trails Philly 2-1 in that series. Tampa and Colorado can each take three one-series leads this afternoon before Boston and Carolina tango in game four. Max Pacioretty was fined $2,500 for slashing Alex DeBrinckitt in game three. Yesterday, former Jets third-rounder and uh, Canadian World Junior player J.C. LaPont has signed with uh, Dynamo Riga in the KHL, while Bruins forward Peter uh, Selerik has signed in Sweden. And Twillingate, Newfoundland and Labrador, named Kraft Hockeyville for 2020. They get $250,000 in arena upgrade, and they host a preseason NHL game.
0: Just on the uh, St. Louis series, I mean, last year, Larry Robinson, who's a senior consultant for the Blues, recommended that they uh, pair Jay Bomeister with Colton Pareko and ease the workload on Petrangelo. Uh, obviously, Jay suffered the cardiac arrest incident in, in Anaheim that scared a lot of people in the hockey world. It's, um, not an option for him to return to play. And they went out and traded for Marco Scandella. Not the same pairing for Colton Pareko and Scandella. They don't have that shutdown presence that Bomeister and Pareco had a year ago. And uh, and Blues obviously aren't getting saves from Bennington. Uh, I know Falk had a good game last night. That was a strange trade to me as well. I think Vancouver's going to win that series. And Calgary, Ben Bishop, again, still unfit to play. Calgary's got to be the favorite in that series against Dallas as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kerry McCarthy. When we come back in Oilers Now, John Shannon. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.